Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, back into it. A great day for talk radio for the prime minister. Not such a great day. He continues to feel the heat in the House of Commons over this SNC-Lavalin case. And uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould has been invited to speak to this justice committee, which is stacked with liberals, even though she hasn't yet been granted uh, the right to do so. I guess she's still taking it under advisement from, well, uh, her counsel, who's a former Supreme Court justice, Justice Cromwell. And uh, at the same time, she's not waving or the the prime minister hasn't waived this uh, client solicitor privilege. <laughs> so this thing continues to fester. But, you know, at the heart of it, and John, I'm going to ask you, John Turley, you're, you're in risk management, uh, and you're also very, very uh, adept at uh, what's happening on Bay and Wall Streets, the financial community, uh, the economy. The idea that SNC-Lavalin is important as a corporate entity in this country and you have a lot of people in the supply chain, the overall food chain. So uh, for them to be hit with a 10-year penalty where you can't bid on government contracts, effectively stifling you know, their business model, uh, some are saying, and I read this from even your former colleague at the National Post, the Financial Post, uh, which you edited back in the day, uh, Terrence Corkman, writing that a remediation agreement would have been the best way to operate here because it saves the company, but it still penalizes them. How do you feel? Well, uh, so first of all, I think the real question uh, that we have to keep focused on is, was there any uh, pressure on our attorney general to have that turned into a mediation process rather than a criminal prosecution? So what I would say that uh, business in Canada wants is a, a rule of law. That's how we need to operate. That's how we operate businesses in a successful way. We know what the rules are and we play by them. If we don't play by the rules, then we need to know what the consequences are. In this case, the consequences seem to be a criminal prosecution against SNC-Lavalin. Now, can you use remediation? Of course you can use remediation. But in the, the, the challenge that's occurred here is that, as I understand it, the Public Prosecution Office didn't want to go that route because, for whatever reason, SCN-Lavalin didn't qualify for it, apparently. So the rules are, are being followed here. And my, my concern is people are saying, oh, my God, all these jobs are going to be lost. You know, you know, people are concerned about that. Sure, I get that. But more importantly, from a business perspective, rule of law has to be what we follow in this country. Because if we don't, how, how does businesses do business right. if you don't know what the rules are? Well, yeah, contracts can be uh, aborted, torn up. I mean, right, it's a linchpin that uh, a lot of things can fall asunder. Uh, and, yes, that's the point, whether or not, the Attorney General, Justice Minister, was pressured. But if we just leave that aside, I mean, you know, if uh, should she have made that call for the betterment of the in the public interest, I guess they call it Catherine Swift, to keep this corporate entity intact, albeit paying a penalty? I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I agree with John from everything I understand. And of course, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the ragging the puck here has been to try to, <laughs> the, the, the landscape's changing by the hour, it seems, on this issue. It's hard to, it's hard to keep up with the latest details. But yeah, from what I've read, they don't qualify. They didn't meet certain criteria for being eligible for this particular type of 
of remediation agreement. Even though the, the liberals had anticipated this yeah, and put it, it into their budget. Yeah, even though it seemed to have been crafted just for them. Right. But you have to admit guilt. You know, there's a number of issues there that they apparently did not, you know, meet those standards. But, you know, as someone who worked on behalf of smaller, medium-sized businesses for, for decades in my life, um, they sure don't get a break. Uh, is, is it the old too big to fail thing or whatever? And the notion that all these jobs would be lost, there's restructurings that happen every single day in the business community, in small business, in larger business. Look at the many, many jobs lost in the oil patch, and nobody seems to be you know, wringing their hands in Ottawa about that, although they should be. Mm. So I, I don't r- see why. Also, this isn't a one-off with SNC-Lavalin. They've, they've had a long history of pulling fast ones uh, legally and it, it, in, in Canada as well as abroad. It's one thing they say, oh, Libya, well, everybody breaks the law there, so what the heck. But they, you know, there's been all kinds of issues in, with infrastructure projects right here in Canada with them as well. But so, it, if I can just say importantly, though, um, when, when, when you have SNC-Lavalin facing a criminal prosecution and they're meeting repeatedly with the prime minister's office. Forty times. My question is, should the prime minister's office be meeting with a corporation that's fi- facing criminal prosecution? That's one of the questions that haven't, hasn't actually been asked. And you know, I'm going to plug a, a book here. Uh, I wrote the introduction to a book last fall, republished Northern Enterprise, Five Centuries of Canadian Business History. Read it, because we've had so many scandals in our, in our country with businesses paying off politicians. We need to be away from that. We don't want to see government being influenced by business in that kind of way. And that's not that hasn't been asked yet. Is it appropriate in future for a, a, a company that's under criminal prosecution to be having access to the prime minister's office? All right. And so political interference. What was the title of the book again? Northern Enterprise, Five Centuries of Canadian Business. Okay. Uh, and so replete with scandal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to do uh, an appendix or something like this. Well, I mean, look, you know, businesses in Canada have for years, you know, over the centuries tried to buy access to, to, to you know, government business, buy access to everything they possibly can and use political influence to do that. The Tories did it. The Liberals did it. We want to get away from that kind of corruption. Well, it's not unique to Canada. I no, mean, Let's face not. it, it's a global phenomenon. No, but in this, again, you know, this is another uh, dimension to the story, of which there are several. Intersectionality, I guess, that's that buzzword. <laughs> uh, it seems to apply in this case. You've got a, a big donor to the Liberal Party in SNC-Lavalin, based not in Montreal. Big. They, they donated so much, they contributed legally, and they had to pay it back. Right, <laughs> right. And so, uh, based in Quebec, though, this has become... Uh, one of those cultural issues for Quebec. This is built into their DNA, you know, the pride that they have in uh, the businesses or the corporations. Quebec Inc. Somebody wrote a book years ago, Walter Stewart. I get that. But the liberals are playing that up. They're playing it up as trying to make themselves look like the good guys who are looking out for jobs in Quebec. If you're trying to tell me that SNC-Lavalin and all the assets they have couldn't be reorganized and sold to a different company and keep those jobs... Then maybe I should be the CEO of SNC Lavalin and help rumors. with the reorganization. There's already so, rumors you know. about takeover uh, interest, right? But they're saying it would be uh, perhaps an American firm rather than keeping it in Quebec. Could well be. Yes. Oh, oh, all right. Well, you see, therein lies that chauvinism. Quebec chauvinism is playing a role here. And let's not be naive. You got 78 seats at stake. The Liberals are planning on. Uh, but see, ultimately, do we not want to have the best businesses winning contracts and doing the best they can, rather than having cronyism decide who gets anything? I mean, hey, you wrote the book. You know, so like all you have, all you have to. Do, well, I, I wrote the introduction. It okay. was it's a book by Michael Bliss. But um, you know, the point is, is look at Bombardier. 
you know, look at our, our challenges with our, with those 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 silly streetcars that we we've been waiting forever and ever for. Is that a Quebec-based company? Just out of uh, curiosity. Curi- curiously, it is, and it also manufactures up in in, in northern Ontario. Thunder However, Bay, right. if you remember, we had a mayor at one time who refused to look at anyone else except Bombardier. Yeah. And that was a classic example of the kind of political cronyism that leaves us with streetcars that aren't delivered on that was time. David Miller. David Miller, and I know that Rob Ford rest his soul, uh, had talked about Siemens in Germany being able to deliver a better product for a better price. Exactly. And yet, no, uh, it was kept domestic uh, yeah. as far as that was. So, all right, you're saying that somehow is scandalous to do. Uh, but let me ask you the other question. I mean, when we've got all these different, again, intersecting uh, storylines, Jody Wilson-Raybould, if there's a, a public inquiry, Catherine Swift, is it necessary to do? I mean, will it will it really net anything of consequences? Public inquiry. It's it's so hard to know right now because of this whole question of privilege and what's going to happen with it. Because supposedly Jody Wilson-Raybould is going to appear before the Justice Committee sooner rather than later. I don't think there's been an actual schedule yet, but I think it should be fairly soon. Right. A public inquiry will take probably a huge amount of time. I don't think it's necessarily a problem in and of itself. But I think in an election year, you should try to look at the quickest means to reach the truth. And the government's doing everything they can to obfuscate <laughs> the issue and complicate it. And, and, and like I say, this, every day it's, oh, the story's just changed again, you know. And then today Trudeau was saying, well, what, this is all adequate because the just, we, we're inviting the Justice Committee to, you know, as if a few days ago, of course, he would have nothing But if he doesn't waive privilege, sort. I mean, exactly. doesn't that look like, again, he's got something to hide? This thing, too, about Gerald Butts. Butts leaves in a preemptive way. I mean, nobody's buying whatever the heck uh, he's trying to sell here. It looks like he's just compounding the problem, doesn't it, John? Well, I mean, when you declare your your innocence, but you're resigning anyways, it it it, expe- it it begs the question: What are you anticipating is coming forward? And so, I don't know if we need a justice inquiry right now. I think what we need to do is hear the former justice minister have her say. And I know that she's got uh, legal counsel, you know, former Supreme Court justice, if I recall correctly. Uh, I think she will have her say. And if she comes out saying something that indicates that she felt she was pressured, then we need to have uh, a a judicial inquiry. And if she comes out saying everything's honky-dory, don't worry about it, a judicial inquiry is going to be a waste of time. Well, it may be a waste of time. Maybe everything is now going to be smoothed over because Gerald Butts is out of the equation. That's the inference people are drawing from that. That was kind of, you know... Yeah, I don't know about that. There's too much stinking. It's too much stinky here. Well, will will this continue to fester until next year's... Well, next year, next fall's election? Absolutely. Well, there's a lot... There's an awful lot of interest on a lot of parties to keep it alive. is Is it big enough to topple this government? Yes, I think it potentially is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for Already sure. they look guilty as sin. Come on. I mean, every they, they contradict themselves every day, it seems. They they clearly have lots to hide or they wouldn't be behaving like they're behaving. So uh, I think, well, we've already seen them go down in the polls. I'm amazed they're as high as they are in the polls, given their ridiculous well, behavior. Just imagine, just imagine if the former justice minister comes out and, and says, I felt pressured uh, by the PMO and the prime minister as well. Or Gerald Butts, right. Right, but okay. if she, you know, like this, this could go anywhere. And here's the interesting thing: it's been a long time in our history since one person who is now a backbencher basically holds the fate of the government in hand. She actually called a cabinet min, uh, meeting that she wanted to attend. How many backbenchers say, "Hey, I want to meet with cabinet," uh, and it's like, oh, "Okay, I guess we should do that." Right. Uh, like it is incredible how much power she's she's wielding right now, which suggests to me that she's got leverage. 
All right. Uh, how she plays her hand is probably uh, more great intrigue going forward. We'll see. Uh, we want to go forward with a few more things here on the docket, including uh, how the U.K. is handling their ISIL combatants and their brides, uh, as well as, well, there's a, an interesting story in the Financial Post this morning about cannabis retail outlets and uh, what they're not allowed to do. And from a small business perspective, Catherine Swift will get you to weigh in on that with John turley Ewart. We'll continue with our roundtable discussion in a moment on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.